What's up, guys? Welcome back to another edition of the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage. As always, I'm your host, Justin Michael, and we're talking a little bit of recruiting news today. CSU picked up another local commit. Always good to see. Going to talk about BC Johnson and the local camp that he is going to be hosting. And then I'm going to talk about why the Mountain West needs to abandon divisions altogether. In 2020, there were no divisions. I thought that it worked out really well. I thought it created a really interesting product. But more than that, just with the expansion of the college football playoff seemingly you know, on the horizon, you need to do whatever you can to just put your best two teams in that conference championship game. Give yourself the best opportunity to land, you know, in the playoff, hopefully, but at the very minimum, you know, in, you know, prestigious bowl games, New Year's Six type bowl games. And, and right now, I think with divisions, you're handicapping yourself and limiting your ceiling. So I'm just going to kind of dive into that. I'm going to go year by year, talk about, you know, what would have happened if it was, you know, a, a format with no divisions, if the championship game would have been different, all of that type of stuff. Really interesting to kind of dive into all this stuff. A couple of these years were really um, unique. You know, the tiebreakers would have gotten pretty wonky to determine who would have went, but that would be a lot of fun. So I'm going to dive into all of that. Before we do, got to shout out the homies over at Chevalier Mortgage. Guys, I don't know if you've tested the market at all, but it is stressful buying a house right now. If you've attempted this process, you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's absurd out here in Colorado. I mean, I'm, I'm just a renter and trying to find a place to rent is insane let alone if you're trying to buy, they're just flying like hotcakes. Let Mike and Virginia Chevalier take the burden off this extremely difficult process. They'll alleviate so much stress and take some of that worry off of your plate. Chevalier Mortgage's ultimate goal is to take the stress out of buying and refinancing. They strive to get their borrowers options with the full financial picture in mind and with the highest level of integrity, always putting their borrowers first. Listen up, because right now they have got a fun perk for DNVR listeners. If you visit them at dnvrmortgage.com, you can enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice. Most importantly, you're going to get set up with a free consultation to discuss all your options. That's dnvrmortgage.com. Mike and Virginia are proud DNVR members. They're CSU alums, so Rams support Rams. They're going to work nights and weekends to make sure their clients are getting the best loan for their situation. Again, visit them at dnvrmortgage.com. Enter to win a free DNVR shirt or hat of your choice when you do. Get set up with that free consultation, or you can call Mike directly at 970-412-2472. That's 970-412-2472. Just tell him Justin from DNVR Rams sent you. Michael Chevalier, NMLS number 1931006. Virginia Chevalier, NMLS number 1910631. All right, all right. All right, let's start off with some recruiting talk. Colorado State's 2022 class now starting to slowly build. We knew it was going to be a weird timetable just with the schedule being impacted by the pandemic, all of that. Recruiting's really going to pick up, you know, throughout the summer and, and you know, kind of lead us right into that 2021 football season, which I am getting increasingly excited for. You know, the other day I just kind of tweeted man, it's just one of those mornings where I can't help but, you know, be excited for college football to be back. And I am. I'm just, I'm super pumped. I'm super pumped to see the fans in the stands, hear comatose, hear the fight song, hear the keys jingle at kickoff, all of it, man. Just walk around the stadium on game day 
it's so electric in Fort Collins. You know, the stadium's so gorgeous. The the vibes on campus are always immaculate on game day. Everybody, you know, grilling and drinking and having a good time. It's it's a little bit different than Hughes. I think Hughes was a little bit more of a party, but I think this is a, a really good representation of what makes CSU just such a, a gorgeous campus and what makes Fort Collins just an awesome community to live in. Obviously, the uh, the on-campus stadium just so cool, so gorgeous, and I'm really looking forward to football being back and the fans being back. It was it was great that we got some games in last year. I think it was really important that they did, especially considering, you know, that all the other leagues on on the rest of the the other side of the country move forward. You know, the Mountain West and Pac-12 a little bit, a little bit behind them, but you know, obviously the the cultures on the West Coast versus you know the South or, or Texas are a little bit different, and that's fine. But I'm glad we got some football in. It just it just wasn't the same, you know. I I hate thinking about the only border war victory of the last, you know, half decade. You'd have to go back to 2015, Mike Bobo's first season, other than last year, was a game in which the fans weren't able to participate in person. It was in Fort Collins. It should have been, you know, a night where the entire community just like rallied together. It would have been an absolute party in Old Town after the game. It was just different. I mean, it was, it was cool and it was awesome to see that the players loved it so much. And I think it's, they deserve a, a ton of credit just for their de- their dedication to the sport and to put this product on and, and to compete. I mean, you could see how much it meant to them to hoist that bronze boot up in the air. And obviously that meant a ton to the CSU community, but it's just unfortunate that they, they didn't get that moment with the fans there and, and get to celebrate with the community that loves them so much. You know, I think back to that 2014 Rocky Mountain showdown and D Hart scoring and you know, going to the, the CSU crowd and just flexing and everybody going absolutely insane. I mean, it would have been like that on steroids for a for a border war win after, you know, how rough the, the last four years had been against rival opponents. So it just sucks that there weren't fans. I mean, I'm not saying anything new. I'm not saying anything that's surprising to anyone, but I'm just excited for college football to be back. Um, anyways, that was, that was a whole side tangent. I'm... I'm <laughs> Supposed to be talking recruiting right now. And CSU, they picked up a, a local commit at a Roosevelt High School, which is, if you're not familiar, close to the Johnstown area. So northern Colorado, homegrown Cooper Walton, who was, he has been an absolute beast for Roosevelt over the years. He's a three-time all-conference selection, two-time, you know, all-state selection at linebacker, two-time defensive player of the year. He's one of those guys that does a little bit of everything for his team. He was one of their lead running backs. He's a starting linebacker. You know, I'm sure he changed the water cooler, you know, switched out the air filter and the air conditioning, refilled the Gatorade, all that kind of stuff. (laughs) But just kind of looking at the stats, it's clear that he was really, really productive. In 2020, averaged 7.9 yards per carry, finished with 324 yards on the ground, eight rushing touchdowns in eight games played. Defensively, he had 75 total tackles, 31 of which were solo. Two and a half sacks, um, a career-high 17 tackles for loss. What stood out to me about that was he actually recorded two more ta- two more tackles for loss in 2020 than he did in 2019, despite playing in three less games. Three forced fumbles was also a career-best figure for Walton, so he has a knack for the ball. Um, you know, looking at the cumulative stats, they're, they're obviously impressive, but one of the things that I wrote about, and if you are a... DNVR members, you should go check out the little profile that I wrote on Walton. 
he had a really great impact for his team in the postseason. And that's significant to me because, I mean, football coaches talk about it all the time. You want guys that are obviously talented, but you want guys that make a winning impact for their squad. And that's that's what he did. I mean, he led Roosevelt to a 7-1 and one regular season or a um, 7-1 and one season, I should say. They, they ultimately reached the Colorado 3A state championship game. In that playoff run, he was really, really productive. In the opening round, he was faced up against Fort Morgan High School, obviously uh, produced Joel Dreesen, Trey McBride, Toby McBride. Really, really, really stout program over the years. They're always competitive. Walton scored his team's only two rushing touchdowns. It was a 17-16 win. So like I said, he scored both touchdowns on the ground. And then for good measure, he led the defense with 11 total tackles, two for loss, and he forced a fumble in the game. So did a little bit of everything. It was a one-point win, and you could just see his fingerprints all over that one. Then they beat Pueblo South in the semifinal, another program that is traditionally pretty good on a year-to-year basis, one of the better programs that comes out of down South. He had three more rushing touchdowns in that one, 15 total tackles on defense, two of which for loss. I mean, that's insane. Over those two games, 26 total tackles and five touchdowns plus a forced fumble. Unfortunately, you know, Roosevelt, they did lose to Durango, who's also a program that's usually pretty competitive at the 3A level. Uh, 21 to 14 in that title game, really tight. But Walton once again finished with a team lead in total tackles, five and tackles for loss. Offensively, they kind of got shut down a little bit by a, a stout Durango defense, but a really, really impressive, really, really impressive run. When you when you look at the film, what jumps out to me is his instincts. And he's a he's a really patient pl- player as a linebacker. He lets the play develop. He's not, you know, over, you know, aggressive when it comes to shooting the gaps, but he's one of those guys that he reads it, he lets it develop. When it's time to make a play, he explodes out of a cannon, uses really, really good form to bring people down. Just a really sound football player. I mean, you watch this guy and you can just see he has a feel for the flow of the game. I really love that he's a two-way star. I think that gives you unique vision. I think it allows you to see plays develop in a ways that, you know, other guys probably aren't thinking, especially you know, as a linebacker, I think it really helps being able to track down running lanes and just having a sense for, oh, this guy's going to cut back or, you know, oh, he might try and make a move here. It's just really valuable. I mean, you see it all the time. Guys go on and be stars at the collegiate level. He's also a track star, too, so it kind of demonstrates what type of athlete he is. I don't want to give away everything that I wrote about because that kind of defeats the purpose, but, you know, I, I wrote that he's a Sonny Lubick type player. He's homegrown a proven winner, and probably undervalued by bigger programs due to the perceptions of the competition that he faced. I mean, there's nothing you can do about the fact that you play for a smaller school. I mean, he plays 3A, but he absolutely dominates. He has his entire career. I already went through his accolades. Two-time league defensive player of the year, three-time all-conference selection, two-time all-state linebacker. I mean, I I get it. Some of the guys that he's going against are, are lesser talents than you know, the 5A in Colorado, 4A or 5A in Colorado, or even other states. But when you watch him, it's clear that he's an above-average athlete. He's super savvy. He understands what he's doing. He's patient. He's smart. I mean, that's everything that you want. He's the type of guy that would probably, you know, sneak out to Utah State or, or, God, Wyoming or something like that and end up just being an absolute monster. One of the guys that, that always kills me is, you know, Andrew Wingard, who was 
a really, really good high school football player at, coming out of Jeffco. You know, a, a two-way star for Ralston Valley. Really, really productive career. Definitely undersized. Um, but he was a beast. I mean, he absolutely dominated both sides. He was a track star, much like, you know, Cooper Walton is. And he ended up slipping through the cracks, obviously. And <laughs> that guy had a pretty decent career for Wyoming, I would say. Now, now shaping out a, a pretty nice career in the NFL with the Jacksonville Jaguars. So... It's just good to see. I mean, I've talked about it a bunch of times. You have to build this thing inside out. You have to recruit the state of Colorado well. And finding these kind of diamonds in the rough are are especially important for for CSU because, you know, if there's like a four or five star guy, just being realistic, you know, a lot of the times they're probably going to be, you know, drawn to the allure of of the University of Colorado, the Pac-12, all of that, you know, the, the bigger program, more money. You know, CU's got cool uniforms. They've got a gorgeous stadium, all that stuff. That all works in their favor. You know, you, you got to land some of these small town kids that are going to get overlooked by CU, that those staffs are going to look at and be like, oh, you know, they're not good enough to translate to the Pac-12. Well, if they're good enough for the NFL, they'd probably be good enough for the Pac-12. But it's just all politics and, you know, it is what it is. So it's encouraging to see CSU going out, getting these guys in northern Colorado. That's one area where Adazio has absolutely thrived i mean bobo did not recruit northern colorado well at all like he barely recruited the state anyways i mean didn't spend a lot of time establishing roots with the state's powerhouse programs but didn't even give guys a look in fort collins and and you know the northern colorado eastern colorado area other than you know trey but it's just uh it's encouraging it's encouraging i mean you need to be able to recruit Texas well. You need to be able to recruit California well, Florida, all of that. Adazio is obviously going to use some of his roots, and we've seen that. Some of the guys that were participating in the camp from, you know, the Massachusetts area, Bobo wasn't going to be recruiting that. Steve Fairchild wasn't going to be recruiting that. You use all of the connections that you have, but at the end of the day, you have to get a substantial portion of your roster from Colorado. You have to commit to these high school programs and show that you are committed. And it's going to help you. I mean, the more you recruit Colorado as a whole and you land some of these diamonds in the rough guys that are undervalued, it's also just going to help you with, you know, your relationships with those coaches. And maybe there is a four or five star guy and, and CSU is having some success and it comes down to, you know, I'll see you, CSU. I don't know. You know, if that coach has a great relationship with it, Steve Adazio, he can look at them and say, look, man, he's been recruiting my players for years. I see what he does. You know, he has the relationships with them. He's a genuine guy. Like, go up to Fort Collins, have that success. Whereas, you know, if you're only showing up every couple of years for the four or five star guy, you know, those coaches are going to be like, go screw yourself, man. Go play P5. Why would I send anyone to you? So it, it's just beneficial to recruit Colorado strong on so many levels. And it's good to see that Steve Adazio continues to do so. Cool. I'm going to move on. I'm going to talk about the big picture Mountain West stuff, why they should abandon divisions, why it would be beneficial for the league moving forward, all of that, and why it would have been beneficial even over the last half decade or so. But before I do, I'm going to shout out Ola B.C. Johnson, a.k.a. B.C. Johnson, a.k.a. The Standard. He is hosting a local camp at Bear Creek High School in Lakewood, July 14th through the 16th. Uh, you get an hour and a half per day. Only $50, which is really, really cool. One of the things I saw on Twitter is a lot of times these camps are just money grabs. You know, it's it's an affordable opportunity for players first grade through eighth grade to learn from an absolute technician. I mean, he earned that nickname, the standard for 
just being a practice beast, being a guy that always went about it the right way, always gave it his all. And it's ultimately what has landed him a spot in the NFL. It's what's allowed him to carve out a role with the Vikings. I mean, I think realistically, you know, people understand he's not, you know, Adam Thielen. He's not the type of athlete that Justin Jefferson is. But he's a guy where if you give him a chance, he is going to produce because he just does the right things. He runs great routes. He has great hands. It's not like he's a bad athlete. I mean, the dude runs like a four or five. He's just a really, really sound football player, the kind of guy that would play special teams that would fill in when needed. But if you if you underlook him, if you put, you know, some scrub ass corner on him, he'll burn you for a touchdown. And it, it's cool to see that he's been able to carve out a career in the NFL, even, you know, with some kind of tough circumstances. And beyond that, you know, it's cool to see him giving back to his community. Obviously, he is a graduate of Bear Creek High School, as is Jake Bennett, as is Barry Wesley. As is myself. I am also a Bear Creek alum. <laughs> People don't really, uh, they, don't, they don't care as much about me, though. That's just being honest. And I get it. It's, it's really funny. I've, I've written articles multiple times about these players, like in-depth features and, and Bear Creek High School or like the Bear Creek football page on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. They'll share it and they'll be like, so proud of Bear Creek alum. And they'll tag, you know, BC or Jake or, or Barry, you know, whoever I'm writing about. Never any mentions that I'm that I'm also a Bear Creek alum, but it makes sense. I mean, I'm I'm, <laughs> I'm not that petty. It just cracks me up. It, it did make me think, though. Wouldn't it be funny if I was like I tried to host a camp at Bear Creek? Like, come learn to tweet like Justin T. Michael. You know, learn the art of the the clap back and the sub tweet. I don't know. I'm just I'm just joking around. But it's cool to see BC doing big things. Cool to see him giving back to the community. I'll have to reach out to him and, and make sure and all that, but I'm planning on, you know, being out there. I'll actually live in the area, so it'll be cool. Hopefully take some pictures, maybe take a little bit of video and uh, highlight BC working with the kiddos. BC is about the kids. You got to love it. Love to see it. All right, I'm going to move on and I'm going to talk about division stuff. Before I do, though, got to shout out our partners real quick. DraftKings Sportsbook is not only my favorite sportsbook, but America's top rated sportsbook. I love using DraftKings Sportsbook because it's easy to navigate, has plenty of instructions for new bettors, nearly limitless ways to get in on all of the action. My friends, my family, everyone has been loving DraftKings Sportsbook, and I know you will too. Listen to this great offer. DraftKings Sportsbook is putting you courtside with a chance to turn $1 into $100 in site credits. All you gotta do, pick any basketball team that is still in contention, bet $1. If that team wins, you win $100 in site credits. Don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook also offers great odds and promotions on baseball, hockey, so much more all week long. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable, so you can deposit and withdraw your funds at your convenience. Download the top-rated DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use the promo code DNVR when you sign up to turn $1 into $100 in free credits. All you got to do, bet on the basketball team of your choice. If they win their next game, you get $100 in free credits. That's with the promo code DNVR for a limited time. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook must be 21 or older, Colorado only. New customers only, wagers paid out in site credits, restrictions to apply. See DraftKings.com Sportsbook for details. Have a gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. The DNVR Rams podcast presented by Chevalier Mortgage is also brought to you by Solace Meds. That's right, we partnered with a premier dispensary for you guys to get smoking hot deals with Solace Meds has four convenient Colorado locations, 
One in Fort Collins that's perfect for my Ram fam. One in Wheat Ridge, one off of Broadway. And one just blocks away on East Colfax from the DNVR bar. They have some absolutely banging deals the entire month of June. Here is what you have to look forward to. You can get 15% off all gold shelf concentrates if you're a dab kind of guy. They've got 20% off all of Wana tinctures and tarts, edibles for you if you're looking for something a little bit more mellow. 25% off all of Blues Brother joint packs, pre-rolls, really easy to use, really convenient. 20% off all of Keef Cola, again, an edible, an opportunity if you're a non-smoker for you to try something out, a little bit simpler. 25% off all of Dixie products, my man Eric Weedham, aka the D-Line, absolutely loves those, he swears by them. They're going to be having some vendor pop-ups in June as well. If you are in Wheat Ridge, go to their Wheat Ridge location because you can get a free Solace Bar or King Cone when you mention the code. That's the Wheat Ridge location where you can get 20% off your entire order with DNVR20 and also get a free Solace Bar or King Cone on top of that. Again, you are going to want to take advantage of the code DNVR20 at checkout. Solace makes your cannabis shopping experience a delight. Head to their website, view their menu, order online, pick up at your convenience. That's S-O-L-A-C-E-Meds.com. And again, use that code DNVR20 for 20% off your entire order. Tell you what, I could use some Solace Meds products after that Denver Nuggets Phoenix Sun series. My God, it was rough. <laughs> it was actually my birthday last week. Thank you to everybody that reached out. And I got a lot of Nuggets stuff for my birthday, which was really cool. They just unfortunately uh, got their, their, Keith, their, their, Keith ticked, their teeth kicked in. And it was a little bit hard to stomach. I was at game four. Yeah, that uh, that Nikola Jokic ejection. That was soft, man. That was that was one of the softest things I've I've ever seen. I I'm not saying he shouldn't have gotten a technical, even maybe a flagrant, if you want to say, but a flagrant too to eject him, the league MVP, for a frustration foul, is just fucking absurd. I mean, there's there's not an MVP of the last 20 years that would have been tossed for that. Like, again, like it was a frustration foul. Like you could, you tee him up, you give him a flagrant one even, but you're going to toss him on his home floor. It, it, I don't know. I just, I understand why some people can't watch NBA basketball. I guess I'll just say that it's, it's so horribly officiated. It is an absolutely terrible product in that regard. And I know people complain about the officiating and, in all sports, I actually think most of them not that bad. Are there blown calls in football? Sure, but I think as a whole, it's it's pretty st- it's pretty strong, especially at the NFL level. The NBA is pathetic, man. The flopping has has reached all time highs. I don't know, just the the superstar favoritism from the officiating. It's it's absurd. Which you know you would think with Nikola Jokic being you know an, an all star, the MVP, an All Pro. Clearly one of the best players on the entire planet would get the benefit of the doubt from from the officials that, you know, he might get a friendly whistle on his home fucking court. But no, he doesn't. And he gets tossed. And it was it was frustrating. I spent way too much money to watch that game become about the rest. He goes like I'm I'm completely realistic. See, or they were going to lose that series. You know, everybody knew it. The writing was on the wall. They'd probably even lose that game, even with Nicola. I mean, Phoenix had been pretty, they'd been in, you know, in control from basically the get-go. But to, to toss him and not even give him a chance over a frustration foul, it's, 
it's shameful and it's pathetic and it, it just comes down to ego. And it made it especially ridiculous after you see some of the things like Drew flagrant ones the next night. I mean, Ben Simmons tried to take a dude's head off. He's still able to play in the game. I just, I mean, they, people are sharing the screenshot of Draymond fouling LeBron. That was only a flagrant one. Basically punched him in the face. It's it's absurd. It's absurd. I hope Jokic gets a little bit more respect from the national media and from the officials moving forward. But I don't know. That, that was just my minor side rant. And sorry, I know that has absolutely nothing to do with CSU. But you all know I'm a big sports fan. I'm a big NBA guy. I love Nikola Jokic. And I just I hated to see the season end that way. Getting back on track, though, getting coming back to college sports, what we're all here for. The Mountain West needs to abandon conference divisions. It's an outdated, you know, concept. They're unnecessary. And you're hurting yourself in, in the long run. You need to give yourself the best opportunity to get in the college football playoff. And basically what I'm saying is if you have two teams that are clearly the best teams in the Mountain West, those are the two teams that should be playing for the title game, not the division winners. That's who cares? You know, I was I was actually surprised to see how many concrete examples I was able to find just with a you know a little basic research on why this would why this would play out better. I mean, go back to 2019. We get Boise State who went 11 and 1, 8 and 0 in the Mountain West versus Hawaii 9 and 4 overall, 5 and 3. That's who we ended up with the in the Mountain West Championship game and I I actually really loved that 2019 Hawaii team. They were an elite passing offense, Cole McDonald he was really, really fun to watch. But Boise stomped him 31 to 10. And what's unfortunate is we could have had, if this was, you know, just a, a format where the best two teams went, we could have had Air Force versus Boise State in a rematch. Air Force was really good in 2019. They went 11 and 2 overall, 7 and 1. Their only loss was 30 to 19 to Boise State in September. Then they went 8-1 over their final nine. They did lose to Navy as well. Ultimately beat Washington State 31-21 in the Cheez-It Bowl. So they represented well, got a win over a Pac-12 team in a bowl that was, you know, the Cheez-It Bowls on ESPN. It was, you know, nationally televised, all that. But let's say they get an opportunity to take down Boise State in a rematch in the title game. If they win that, you know, they're, they're probably looking at a borderline New Year's Six appearance. And beyond that, if you're Boise State and, and you, you beat Air Force again, you're looking at a great opportunity as well. You're looking better at least than you do after beating Hawaii, who again went 9-4, and 5-3, and three, good season, respectable season, but clearly not as strong as Air Force was that year. And I don't know, it's just unfortunate. Like Memphis got in the Cotton Bowl. That's not, that's not a New Year's Six Bowl, but it's definitely a bigger bowl than the Cheez-It Bowl. You know, that would have been cool to see Air Force get that opportunity and it's just an example of the Mountain West didn't have the best two teams playing for the title, and it hurt the league as a whole because of it. 2018, things would have been really interesting if we wouldn't have had divisions. Now, I should add that this isn't a, a perfect way to look at it because the schedules wouldn't have been this way if we didn't have the divisions aligned the way that they are. You know, the schedules would have been shaken up a little bit, but, the, you know, there's nothing we can do about that. Um, in, in the 2018 championship game, we get Fresno State, who went 10 and 2 overall, 7 and 1 in the Mountain West, versus Boise State, who also was 10 and 2, 7 and 1. Fresno State wins that game 1916, really competitive game, really interesting game. 
Um, but, you know, if you think back to that 2018 season, that was when Utah State was really, really good. They lost to Boise State in the regular regular season finale. And so they both finished 10 and 2 overall, both finished 7 and 1. Boise State had the had the win over them. So Boise State would have been in the championship game no matter what in this scenario. But it would have come down to tiebreakers between Utah State and Fresno State to determine who would play Boise State in a rematch for the title game. Now, it, it would obviously depend on, you know, what tiebreakers they decide. Now, if it was record versus common opponents, both teams went 4-1 and one with wins over Wyoming, San Jose State, Hawaii, and New Mexico, and a regular season loss to Boise State. So that's a wash. Points scored would have favored Utah State, who scored 618 versus Fresno's 485. Points allowed, though, would have favored Fresno, who had 198 allowed versus Utah State's 289. Uh, Utah State had the higher college football playoff ranking, so my guess is that probably would have given them the edge, but it just would have been really interesting to see how it played out. Now, I will say, I'm not sure we can say this was the wrong team. Again, Fresno State, they were really good, 10-2 overall, 7-1 in the Mountain West. Their only loss to Boise State in the regular season, and then their other loss was to Minnesota, you know, Power 5 program coming out of the Big Ten. Utah State, very similar situation. Their only regular season loss in the Mountain West was to Boise State. And then they also lost week one by a touchdown to number 13, Michigan State. I don't know. It, it would have been a lot more interesting. Utah State, after an incredible season, they only landed in, in the New Mexico Bowl. And ultimately, you know, one of those teams wasn't going to land a Premier Bowl, but I don't know. It, it would have been really fun to just see how all of that played out. It would have gotten so wonky with the tiebreakers, given that they had the the same record versus common opponents. Each team won points scored versus points allowed. Utah State, they had the higher college football playoff ranking. So I think it probably would have been Jordan Love and Utah State versus Boise State in a rematch. And that would have been really, really interesting because they had just played the week before. It just would have been fun. It would have been interesting to see. In 2017, they actually got it right. It, it ended up being Boise State versus Fresno State as well. Uh, Boise State 9-3, 7-1 in the league. Fresno State 9-4, overall 6-2 in the league. Uh, we got to remember some years certain teams play 13 versus 12 because of Hawaii. You get to play an extra game to help earn more revenue to offset the travel cost. Boise State won that one 17-14. Pretty fun, you know. Both of those years, 27 and and 28, oh my goodness, getting tongue-tied. Both of those seasons, 2017 and 2018, we ended up having Boise State and Fresno State play in the regular season, and whoever lost that game went on to beat the other team in a rematch in the title game. It was fun. You know, it was fun. 2017, we got it right. 2016, <laughs> 2016 was another one of those really weird years. We got San Diego State 9-3, and three, uh, six and two in the league versus Wyoming eight and four, six and two. This was an, an instance where we had three six and two teams and five five or two more five and three teams in the Mountain Division. Utah State was really bad that year, but it was really really lopsided. I mean, the Mountain Division was significantly better than San Diego State, and San Diego State ended up kind of just sneaking in. I mean, New Mexico went six and two. They beat Wyoming but lost to Boise State and CSU. Uh, Boise State, they lost to Wyoming, but they beat New Mexico and CSU. That was the Hayden Hunt game. Wyoming beat Boise State, CSU, and Air Force, both of which went 5-3. and three. They also beat San Diego State in the regular season. 
but they lost to New Mexico and Eastern Michigan. San Diego State lost to Wyoming in the regular season. They didn't play any of the other relevant teams um, except for CSU, who they got killed by in the finale. Uh, But at that point, CSU was no longer in contention for the title game after losing to Air Force, Wyoming, and Boise State. A a familiar song. San Diego State actually went on to win the Mountain West Championship game in Wyoming. They won a really competitive game, 27-24. It was really entertaining. They... I just, I don't think they deserve to to be it. I think it should have been Boise State versus Wyoming without divisions because, um, you know, Boise, they did lose to a really good Air Force team in the finale, but they were a top 15 team, went 10-2. and two. CSU, um, you know, they had wins over them. I don't know. The mountain was just so much harder, you know? New Mexico, they had the win over Wyoming, so they have a, but they lost to Boise State head-to-head, so in that instance, I think Boise would have had the tiebreaker over them. It just it would have been interesting to see how it all played out. I guess if they all had the same record, they would have had to look at record versus common opponents or you know points scored, which would have favored Boise State that year. I don't know. It's it's just clear that the division format is rarely the best. Looking at the last five years, once did we clearly, without any type of argument, get the best two teams in the championship game. That's a failure. If it's that consistently, you know, not correct, the system isn't working. So we need to shake things up with the college football playoff, you know, likely expanding to 12 teams really soon. Now is the perfect time to do so. We just came off a 2020 season in which there were no divisions. And it was really entertaining. You had three really good teams at the top in San Jose State, Boise State, and Nevada. Those three kind of battled it out. And we ended up getting Boise State versus San Jose State for the championship game. I just I don't see any argument in which divisions should be kept. Like, what is the purpose of them at this point? You can still rotate the teams that you face very similarly. You just don't have the division standings. You just have the best two teams. Like, I don't know. It seems like a no brainer to me. If there is if there is a clear argument that supports divisions and I'm missing it, you know, send it my way and I'll I'll look into it. But at this point, I just don't see why you wouldn't. Give yourself the best opportunity to have your best two teams playing in the championship game in the high-profile championship. Give them a chance to to land in better postseason opportunities. It just makes too much sense. Maybe so much so that it won't happen. But that's my two cents on the situation. We will be back with more content throughout the week. We'll continue to give you guys recruiting updates. If there's any news on the college football playoff expansion front, we'll talk about that. Transfer season, all of that. It's definitely the heart of the offseason. Um, I'm going to do a cool project where I draft a rugby sevens team uh, with CSU athletes of all time with the DMVR rugby guys. That should be a good time. You'll definitely want to check that out. So lots of fun stuff coming up, but um, I'm really excited for football to be here. We'll start previewing tr- previewing training camp, You know, diving into the schedule, all of that. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, that's all we've got for today. Hope everybody has a good week. Stay cool out there. It's absurdly freaking hot. I'm not meant for 100-degree days. I don't know how people in Texas and like Arizona and Nevada, I don't know how y'all do it. I really don't. All right, that's all I've got for today. Much love. Peace.
Peaches out of palisades, sweet as mama's marmalade. This shit sound like summer days, the windows down on harmony. The family band sing harmonies, my daddy played the drums. My mama slapped that bass, my sister sang these songs. Dancing under canopies, we thank the trees for all their leaves. We are just some drops of water together, make up seven seas. And one day I'll be like my father, one day I will learn to breathe. I'm choking on the thought that I am not the man I want to be.